Hey guys, Naughty here. In this episode, we have part two of my interview with Mike, who had a lot of gay sex in Bible college. In the second half of our interview, he talks about the way in which his classmate and student security guard exhibited some not-so-hetero behavior that led to them hooking up. He also talks about how his Bible study with his dorm mates usually ended in a circle jerk. And he talks about how his professor, who is also a pastor, eventually joined in and the revelation his professor made in class that liberated him and many of his classmates from years of brainwashing. And find out what happened when he was confronted by faculty about rumors of his gay sex. Just a disclaimer that the views of Christianity and religion expressed in this episode are solely those of the interviewee. So, um, there was a security there, student. He's a student, but he was also a security guard for the school. Uh, we'll, we'll call him Jensen. That's not his name, okay. but we'll just call him Jensen. Okay. Um, because he, well, I'm not going to say why. Um, but uh, he, him and I had probably had the most consistent sexual relationship um, in school. Um, and hit, like he had, um, so we were at this bonfire, like the school bonfire, um, in Is the fall how it began? and it, th we met at this bonfire and he basically was like, hi, I'm Jensen and I struggle with homosexuality. How about you? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> like, I, didn't really, I, to be honest with you. <laughs> To be honest with you, I can't. Rem so I ha I cannot remember what I said to him. I can't. I I don't think I said that I struggle the same. I I, I can't imagine that I said that. But <laughs> you're like, um, well, I'm mentioning your own self. Uh, like, no, no. Well, you know, he, yeah. and, and do you think that maybe he kind of got the gay vibe from you anyway? Like, like people yeah, had in the past. That's, yes, yes. That's why I. Yeah, I'm sure he did. That's you know. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I kind of think that they, they must have like, towards the end of the, towards the end of the year, I did get uh, asked into the Dean's office because like there were rumors that, um, that I was uh, engaging in homosexual behavior, like me alone. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I, I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm like, are you? Like, so. What about the whole fucking dorm? Like, um, yeah, yeah, and, and to but, me, to why, and I want to touch on that in a little bit. But okay, yeah. so let's go to the bonfire. Um, so he, so so he's asking me about this, and so that's kind of when we first uh, have our first interaction. And he knew, like I told him, like where my, like what dorm I was at, and um, so he definitely made sure to come around the dorm a lot and he would always like bring me like I, I he I was struggling with an old testament history class and so like he we exchanged numbers and I guess we I don't know if we were we texting back in 2004 I don't think so were we uh, maybe it was um no I don't know I think it was I think it was our I think it it might have been our like maybe I had aim yeah. Or, or, or maybe it might've been like a intranet, like direct message or somehow yeah. like we were sending yeah. messages to each other. And so he would sort of like encourage me to do like, he was an upperclassman. And so he would like here, he had already been through this 
that class. And so like he was giving me tips and stuff. And so he would encourage me to like, just like keep my nose to the grind. And, and so he would bring me dinner sometimes. Cause I would just be in my dorm studying and trying to be the good Christian boy that I ended up being. <laughs> and, um, uh, that's a joke by the way. Yeah, I, I know. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so like he would bring me like food and, uh, there was always like this, uh, it wasn't as obvious. It was more subtle than, um, who did I say my arts than Sam? Uh-huh. Uh, I almost, I almost said his real name. Um, it was more subtle than him, but he would always like sort of like, and this is the thing about these Christian guys. Like they, the, the way you would know that they would want to fuck around is, is they would, um, do something, um, seemingly innocuous but also outside of the heteronormative standards for two guys being in a dorm room together like Mm -hmm. like he would sort of like like he'd be in full like security uniform and he'd take off his jacket he'd unbuckle his his like pants just because like just for comfort he might take off his shoes and then he would lay in my bed and and then we would talk and like um it was just like this extra layer of relaxation right um that um you wouldn't necessarily get from like if it was just a straight guy coming in you know and right. these were the signals these were all the signals that like you would get in in bible college right like it was just like this extra layer of innocuous in- intimacy i don't know how else to say it right i get you so um so with him, he was so, more like a slow burn. Like we didn't like fuck around right away. We were it w- and and he is probably why I remember him the most is because um, I really, um, I always, I never stopped having feelings for, um, for Jake. Jake but mm-hmm. like, but but Jensen was uh, was uh, definitely a nice distraction. Right. And so like he, so he would often ask me to like, just so that we could hang out more, like we would go on rounds, like his like security rounds where he would have to like drive around the campus and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I would sit in, in in the car with him and we would talk about things and he would, he started doing this thing that I didn't know about at the time, but it like, you know, chicken or go. You mean you know what that is? Well, I mean, I heard you mentioned it earlier, uh, but chicken or go yeah so yeah so i just assume it meant like okay well either do it or hi you're chicken or something like that well that's kind of how i how i meant well so chicken or go is this like dumbass frat boy not really frat boy but like it's basically like um tokenizing uh the gay experience and uh, making it a bad thing and so who but like you basically one guy puts their hand on each other on the other guy's knee and says chicken or go and you, and the other guy doesn't want to be a chicken so he has to say go and so he like moves his hand up a little bit and he goes chicken or go oh and so, yeah and so that was always the way jensen and i always started things but so because he was in security, he like had access to all of these empty dorm rooms or so, so the upperclassmen weren't allowed to live on their own. They had to live in like 
apartments and stuff that were run by the 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 bible college right um and so the bible college had more apartments than they did students so there were a bunch of empty apartments and so um oftentimes when it was like a when there was nothing going on because it's a fucking bible college and there's no like violence usually well i mean there is violence in bible college i shouldn't say there isn't but there's no violence that some somebody like jensen is going to be able to like you know so um he uh so yeah he he was like yeah well why don't you come into this Uh, i gotta check out this this apartment um for security reasons and so um (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm like okay (laughs) so like we go in there and uh the apartment has a a a sofa in it and so he sits down and he does his whole like like i said before like that innocuous subtle like um flirtation kind of thing where he just gets a little bit more intimate than you typically would and so like he (laughs) plays that chicken or go thing with me and but this time we're not in his car so like like it can go farther and it does i just want you to know there are going to be a lot of guys after this who have never heard of the game before who who and i can imagine i can't imagine how many guys are in the closet who are actually listening to my podcast and they're going to be playing mm-hmm. this game be like, hey, man, you ever heard of Chicken and Go? I'm like, no. I'd be like, are you, are you shitting me? You never heard of it? Like, no, I haven't. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. So I never heard of it. Before. That's not something that Jake and I ever did um, at that point. And I, to be honest with you, I've never, like, interacted with that after Jensen. I have seen it in, like, you know, like, when you are starting to watch a porn and you have to wait for that ad, for the ad to, like, sort of yeah. be skipped. So like I have seen it in those ads, like the chicken or go, um, for like maybe what is it like, um, um, not Sean Cody, but like uh, one of the other Sean Cody type of ads that you get, like where like the one guy's like chicken or go, man, and that's exactly right, right. like how how Jensen acted too, like like it was always man, like he was like chicken or go, man, like some men dot com thing or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So like okay. um um. And keep in mind, like, so this would have been the, this would have been only, I guess, I hadn't had a lot of experience with a bunch of different dicks before, because this is still my freshman year. But Jensen's dick was like enormous. Like, there's like enormous. Like, I, like, I couldn't believe <laughs> that they came that big. Wow. Like, um, but I mean, I can now, because like I've had more experience, but like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so, um, what was I, you were chicken or going. So we were going back and forth with that. And then like, we just kept going. Like there was no, no, there was no, there was no stop or there was no chicken. There was just like, it was always go. So we end up like whipping each other out and, um, yeah, like it, it first started with, that night it was just we just jerked each other off um sorry about that folks we temporarily had technical difficulties okay okay so in the remaining time we have left i know uh prior to this you said that uh there were bible studies that you would have with your um i guess classmates or dorm dorm mates that became became that became what like 
jerk off sessions tell me about that yeah like circle jerks in the dark um so how'd they begin like that yeah yeah or how, the first like, first time i mean well like I, nothing exists in a vacuum so like i mean whether or not we were doing a bible study in the common room or if we were a bunch of us were hanging out in like um in some of the dorm rooms and like you know oftentimes like guys would just kind of whip their dicks out because i don't know how to explain it sounds so like it sounds so weird to talk about now, but it was such a common thing then, and I liked it. So like there wasn't so there it, there wasn't a, a lot of questioning like why why this was happening. Okay, and so even when we would have these midnight Bible sessions um, in the men's dorms or Bible study sessions. Like sometimes they would be taken serious and and sometimes we wouldn't do anything. But a lot of times I, I should say that Bible study session, midnight Bible study was always a scheduled thing. Like it was like a weekly thing. And depending on who was there, and I, maybe this is where um, I wasn't clear before, depending on who was there uh, would depend on how the energy went because there were a f- there, there were a few guys in the dorms that nobody like, I mean, I always kind of suspected were some form of queer, but they never like did anything with anybody. And, mm-hmm. um, um, although like, absolutely they were doing, there were two roommates that were f- totally having sex with each other, but like, they never like engaged with anybody else. So when, when they were like, they were, they were two of a few more examples where like, if, if they were around, like nothing would happen. But, um, um we have a we had a professor who was also a pastor um he was a pastor of a church and he was also a professor um who uh would sometimes join and he would um he would also uh participate in the in the jack off sessions as well i i just want to stop right here so the first i understand that it wasn't common like you could be reading a book or whatever and all of a sudden just uh, maybe just pretending you're not doing anything or whatever. And all of a sudden you just whip your dick out and start mm-hmm. playing with it. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Okay. And then next thing you know, and then it's kind of like a snowball effect. And next thing you know, a whole bunch of you guys are doing it. It's what I'm gathering is what you're saying. Yeah. And so then, and so then you, then it would go into maybe one person might do it. And then another, and then next thing you know, they're, you're all touching each other at some point. Was there ever any, any conscious, yeah. were there ever, was there ever any conscious, thought of who touched who first or was it all just kind of because i would be sitting there wondering like okay who's going to do it first and if they did it you know (laughs) well so to be honest with you think like think about it from my from my perspective i'm 19 years old and this is like the first time this is all happening Mm -hmm. uh we we really didn't get into like discussions about like what turns me on and what doesn't but to be honest with you like circle jerks do kind of turn me on like i mean um it i guess it depends on the mood that i'm in but like oftentimes just being around a bunch of hot guys jerking off is just as hot as being jerked off by them um at least it was back then that might be different now um i might need something a little bit more but like back then everything was new and crazy good so i'm having a hard time remembering because it was almost 20 years ago sure like specifics I'm having a hard time remembering the specifics of like how, like, I know that sometimes 
people would, you know, grab my dick and, and jerk it. And sometimes yeah. they wouldn't. And, yeah. and I, but, but the hotness, the things that I remember the the general gist of this was that like, um, it was usually during Bible studies that we weren't having a lot of verbal interactions. Right. Like if we were verbally talking about Jesus, <laughs> it, right. it might dampen the it right. might dampen the mood a little bit. Right. Um, but like, but there were certain signs and, uh, like tell telltale things that things were about to get hot. Like, like when they would be like, Hey, do you guys mind when we're reading these Bibles with this very fine print, if we dim the lights a little bit, right. like, I you know see. What I mean? Yeah, and, I see. It. Yeah. 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 And cause I mean, if you think like these common rooms were in the basement and they had these windows that were like to the outside. So like, yeah. like, the top of the ceiling was the window. Yeah. It was a little more so, inconspicuous like, and not like a, it was not ritualistic is, is it was not as ritualistic as I thought it might've been. It was more of a, you know, it, it, it wasn't like everybody said, okay, it's time. It was more of a, you know, Oh yeah. Not like that. No, 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 no. Nobody would have the guts to do that. Like if, right. if somebody were to like in, in closet Christian culture, if somebody were to verbalize what we were actually doing, and this was true with me and Jake as well, if we were to actually verbalize what we were doing in any real way, it would be done. Got you. Um, Got you. Yeah. Like, because part of, part of the hotness of all of this, remember is, is the, is the uh, ambiguity of, of what, or of the why of what we were doing. Right. Like, why were we doing it? Were we doing it because we were attracted to each other? God, no, because that's gay and that's a sin. Were we doing it to just get each other off because, God wants us to be close. That is something that I think is very enticing for somebody who is closeted and struggling with like Jesus versus gay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, this, okay. The pastor that was a professor, how old was he? Uh, he was younger. Uh, and I should say that now he's no longer a pastor there. He got himself into some trouble, uh, which, I don't think it specifically had to do with like anything sexual related, but I, 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 I wonder if um, getting himself in trouble with like money things uh, was, was prompted because people were seeing some sexual um, coercion or just sort of weird power dynamics. Okay. So, um, but so, so he taught, he taught a class, but I mean, just, what was I'll the age? Say, dif- what yeah. was the age difference? Oh, so he was probably, he was not as old as I am now. I'm 37. So he was, he was in his late twenties, early thirties. Okay. He was married to a woman, had children. Okay. So how did he find, so how did he find his, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying he was a pastor of a a church and he Mm -hmm. was also a professor. Okay. So by day he was preaching, you know, specifically against homosexuality. Yeah, most so most of the professors that I had um, at that Bible college uh, were pastors of a church somewhere, and part of being a uh, part of being a student was that you were sort of you had to show proof that you went to their churches sometimes, like like you had to go a specific amount of time um, throughout the year, like you know so, and sometimes they would like yeah so. Th- I don't know how to house like it. It was very incestuous in that way. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how did he find himself in your first experience with your pastor was not a solo one, right? This was, he involved himself in the, um, in these Bible studies. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is um, giving out a little bit, mm. but, but you, he involved himself in these Bible studies and it kind of, I mean, how did that, I mean, I, because yeah. I know, because I know what you were saying about the Bible studies. It wasn't like, right. It wasn't like a thing where you all acknowledged, tried to acknowledge it as something you all, it was kind of unspoken, but I would imagine at some point, you know, when there's the professor there that, yeah. that it, it, it kind of, things kind of change a little bit because you guys, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's a few things, a, a few reasons why he would feel comfortable being that way around the, the specific students. One, because, um, he was, he would often like get some of these students into the school because he was very known in the community. Um, so he would, and again, it was a, it was a, um, like, like I, I had to like, I, I don't live near this school. I had to like go far away for it. But, um, but there's a lot of people in that state. There's a lot of, uh, students that live in that state who live in that area who that professor slash pastor knew before they got into that school and he helped them get in. So he kind of like knew a lot of this, the, 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 the students, he, he kept himself, it's a, it was a smaller school. So he kept himself abreast of like who these students were. Like he, you know, like there was always, um, his classes were always kind of informal. So like you, I, th I think just by nature of the way the culture of, um, that school was, um, he can, he could get a, a good sense of, of how, the dynamics were, I don't, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, I would imagine though, still to be on the safe side, I would imagine that one of two things happened. Either one, he would, um, he would be the first one to kind of feel comfortable in the room to maybe start, um, whipping it out because that he would feel comfortable to do it because maybe he's actually had <clears throat> a solo experience with someone out there and maybe got the lowdown or, um, would, Maybe that was not the case, but, um, and, and because he worried about his position and all that kind of stuff that he might've kind of waited to see if anybody else in the room might've initiated it out. It's gotta be one or the other so, to me. Well, so it, I guess it probably in the, in the big, well, maybe in the beginning of when he started doing this, um, he, it might've been, um, he would wait, but I don't know how to explain this dynamic uh, to I'm sure your your the your um the followers you know uh, your followers who grew up in this kind of non-denominational slash Southern Baptist style um, can understand that um, there are certain types of there are certain pastors and professors that are very charismatic. And when, and they're young and they're passionate. And this is one of those kinds of guys that like would, um, amongst only males, like he would get really into prayer and start taking his clothes off. Like, and I don't, that sounds so crazy if you're not, if you're not in that culture, but like, yeah, I mean, please tell me what people, that means when you say get really I, into I don't prayer. know. 
I don't know how to explain it. Like this is this is really hard because like like when we would go like when I was younger and I would go on Bible uh, uh, like to Bible camps and um and at these Bible studies sometimes with with certain very charismatic professor or uh, pastors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like well back it back then. Like I kind of feel like I always kind of saw it for what it was, but like, um, but I mean, I still went along with it anyway because like I was a follower, I guess I don't know, but like I, I I don't know how to explain this. It's like they they would they would excuse it as like being full of the spirit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to try and to so, um, explain like the psychology of it. I just want to see like yeah. like like visually, like so would they be like oh, you know get into the spirit, be like all right, guys. Or not even all right, guys, but just like reading scripture and be like, you know, and be like, and and so and so and so, whoo! I'm feeling the spirit. Yes, yes. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So, and then so that's what I, I mean. I don't, I don't think I don't think that he would have to acknowledge that he was doing it because people knew him to do that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So like he was, he was always a um, a charismatic, uh, pushing boundaries anyway, uh, like. So yeah, like he, so like for him to, and and he was, and the other part about this, I keep forgetting to say is that he was very well loved. Like everybody loved him. Like, so like, so when you are like, like a decade or a little bit less older than these young men who look up to you, you know, and you're like, like they used to say he was like, he was like the second Jesus, like. Yeah, I he get was it. like he just he, he had this manipulative presence. Yeah, like, manipulative, captivating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't the only professor, by the way, but he was the one that we're talking about now. Yeah. Um. But like, but but he definitely would make it feel normalized, right? And so uh, to 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 whip out your dicks when you're praying to Jesus in the dark or in the dim in the dim lights. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so. When I say like, what does that look like? I mean, like, just literally, like, if you were like, just say I'm at, let's say you're him, like, it just go, yeah. like, it just. For, I know you can't remember everything; it was a long time ago. But like, if you can remember yeah. what what it was like for him to actually just act, like, just you know, just act it out. I mean, I'm, I mean, verbally, like, you know, I'm okay. you're so, the guy. Yeah. Okay. So well, um, okay. So he's he's praying, mm-hmm. and then he'll start to get really emotional in his prayer. Okay. So you say praying like, you know, praying. Okay. So Lord, Lord, da, 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 okay. <laughs> I, I'm not good at that, bud. Okay, <laughs> but okay. like, yeah, like he would get like really emotional with his prayer. And then he would like, um, he would start removing, you know, his articles of clothing, like his shoes and socks and his shirt. Right, because he's and feeling then, it. Like, he's feeling the and spirit, then, and then yeah, and then he get off the couch and onto onto his knees, and um, like, <clears throat> and I guess I should say that this is like when Bible studies over. This is during the prayer part, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we're done talk, we're done fellowshipping. Yeah, we're done. Like, you know, this is like at the end, and this is and and so like when he. Like, I guess it would be that, like, when he would start, everybody would just kind of be there, sitting there. And then, like, when he would get off of the couch and onto his knees, that's when people would start to follow what he was doing. And it, and then it would just sort of like, and then we would all kind of like, 
get closer and then it would just kind of that he would he would wrap up the prayer and the lights were still dark and dicks were hard and they were out at that point and then that's when like usually it was well not usually like probably half and half like half the time we would just stroke ourselves but then like sometimes we would stroke each other and at the end he would always reassure us that we are men of god um and that we are um you know um not uh we are men of god and that we are um i'm just re- remembering i the more I talk, no the more no I remember. yeah i'm like there you um, go <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah so that we're men of god and that we and that is it's there's nothing wrong with this this is just um us uh showing each other physical intimacy oh, and love there it is and, those are and, the code words right there yeah and and this is just helping each other out and um i knew it yeah and so but here's the thing like so he would teach a class um and in this class there we learned about the story of jesus and the centurion and basically the the story of jesus and the centurion is that and i i know this because i I used to be Catholic and remember how I said earlier that I could say like the whole right. old school Catholic mass. Yeah. So, so in the story of Jesus and the centurion, uh, there's, uh, the centurion, he has this, um, boy. It, it's hard to like explain what culture was like back then, but, but, but he, he basically had this like young male sex slave, um, and it was clear that he loved this 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 uh guy this this i i think it was a boy i think most evidence proves that it was like he was younger and so anyway he goes to jesus and says um my 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 pius i think is how you say it p i a s or <laughs> it, it's been a very long time but my there's a specific word for the role that this boy plays in the centurion's life and he's like, uh, my gay love child or, or, or my gay young love partner or whatever, um, is sick and he's dying. And I hear that you are, um, a healer and, um, I am out of options. Uh, my religion doesn't believe in you, but, uh, I just want you to save the one I love the most. Right. Like that's basically what he was saying to Jesus. And Jesus is like, okay, great. Like, I thank you for believing me. Let's go see him. And then, I mean, Catholics will start to pick, uh, perk up when they hear this, but this is when, uh, the centurion goes, my Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you. Just say the word and he shall be healed. Right. That's where that comes from. And I think that, and, and it, it like it, this was the beginning of me, of me losing my brainwash because what I learned in that class was, something that whether like i mean regardless of the problematic child adult power dynamic um thing this was two males right and jesus is is basically saying doesn't give a shit like jesus in this story jesus wants to heal this guy's love and it doesn't matter to jesus that this guy is having the sexual relationship um, and again, like there is problematicness, be- uh, there's a lot of problematic stuff because this is a young child, but it's still same sex. And so, um, 
the 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 class went wild when we talked about this and this professor said um uh like so people were like well well why would jesus heal him because like like this is the like basically this is the first we're hearing this story this way <laughs> like and 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 my professor was like well you're in bible college now like you're you're gonna learn a lot of things that you didn't learn before and they were like but how like why why would why would jesus do that like is it like this is basically what they were saying is homosexuality is a sin why would jesus um not even rebuke this man and my professor said something like is it a sin is it really a sin and so then the class went wild again and uh like the prof- the professor basically said something along the lines of for every every verse that you can find that speaks against homosexuality you can find one that doesn't and he's like it's basically ambiguous and and um and so we really don't know the answer to that but my leaning is that Jesus didn't care about gay about gay people uh, Jesus didn't care about gay being a sin is basically where he landed that and everybody was like, what the fuck? Like, not really that, but that's, yeah. that's basically like the class went wild. And I feel like it's asked, like Pleasantville. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> yeah. 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 So somebody, so somebody asked this professor, and I'm like, just sitting here, like, like what the, like thinking about everything that like, and I'm, things are making more sense. Okay. So we just had a circle jerk. Like, I'm just thinking like, so like, of course he's going to say this. Like, and I'm actually kind of happy, but I'm also like, this is weird because like, I've never heard a, a Christian pastor slash professor say these things. And somebody basically called him out and said, I was literally just at your church two weeks ago where you were talking specifically about like how gays are going to hell and that Jesus doesn't support gay marriage, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, like reading the professor like his rights basically yes and 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 this professor straight up says look guys before anything church is a business wow (laughs) he's like he's like i am a shepherd and they are my flock and you've got and and he's and he said a lot of you are going to be pastors one day and you're going to need to know that if you want to keep your flock, sometimes you got to tell your flock what they want to hear or else they're going to find another shepherd. Wow. And then that, and then that, that was the moment of my liberation from the, the first of many liberations from being brainwashed because I think maybe in that moment, I, I saw a couple people, if I remember correctly, a couple people from my dorm, who were having the same exact feelings as me, but there was a something different. I don't know why, but like as, as the acuteness of that, like, cause it was painful. Like the acuteness of that pain, like started to dissipate. Like they seemed to kind of choose or opt to forget that huge hypocrisy. And I didn't. Um, and and so, like, it just kind of made me think about a lot of things about my own sexuality and sexual orientation and uh, relationship with religion and what I find meaningful with um, why I was doing what I was doing, not only at this Bible college, but also, like, 
at night in the dorms with these Christian, with these other Christian dudes. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I think it just kind of solidified like something that made a lot of sense to me later in life that I didn't really have words for, but like we were, a lot of us were all the same. Like a lot of us went to this school for many reasons that weren't for any other reason except for escaping this one sinful part of ourselves and when we were around each other we sort of <clears throat> you don't really get more when you're in a situation like that I, I should say when you are a when you are a repressed closeted self-hating uber christian <laughs> who's also like embarking sometimes on your sexual appetites or sexual desires um legally i mean like with like yeah mm -hmm. um yeah uh like that is the truest form of yourself in the in those moments like i feel like a lot of things happened in those dorms but the thing that like i I think why I look back on it fondly, not only it, it, it was toxic and it, it was really, really hot and it was exciting. Um, but I think part of that was because like in those moments, it was like the only time you got to see trapped people liberated, like, mm. you know, like they were, yeah. you know, like, and, and kind of along the same lines as like what I was saying before with Jake, like, like there was a, when we were in the process of fucking, like there was never this feeling of guilt or shame. Um, it was, it was a sense of freedom and liberation. And, um, and why is this wrong? And I really, really love, like I said before, like I, I'm pretty empathic. I, I, I can, I like, I, I pick up on people's vibes, I guess. And, and like when we would do these things, like with Sam coming to my room to like fondle my balls, <laughs> like I, I like it's so um, I don't know. It, or, or with Jensen, like, uh, you know, setting up a situation where like uh, we just happen to fall into this thing. It, it's like the like there's so many <sighs> Christian men. And probably women, but I can't speak to that because I'm not one, and I'm I, I or I and I like I never was one, and but um so I don't want to speak to that. But with these Christian men, there's there's in these moments of um in the in the dark dorm rooms, like there are these moments of absolute like liberation from like the the trap that you put your that that you inadvertently put yourself in by by believing the beliefs that you believe. And, yeah. um, and there's something really, when I'm, when I'm 19 years old, there's something really like not only liberating, but it's sexy. It's, uh, it's hot. It's enticing. It's, yeah. it's, um, and I, obviously I did not have the, the, the words for that then right. I didn't know why I thought it was so hot, but, but looking back, it's, it's the liberation. It's the, it's the, when, when you know what, when, when you're doing something that you typically know is bad, but you can sort of write it off in the moment, like that is a freedom that you, that 
you can never it's indescribable honestly like yeah and you know yeah i think with you i think that is all very very powerful and i you know just a couple things come to mind number one i you know i have to say i i love the way you describe everything like i can picture it happening in that room and I would tend to agree with most of what that professor said. And the reason why I say most, it's not, it's actually not because I disagree with anything. I don't disagree with anything. I just don't know that story. I don't know anything about it. All I know is that um, he said some pretty, pretty impactful things. And, you know, I, I kind of like you wonder whether he was saying, you know, he was also looking at himself, looking at himself as your shepherd and you, his flock. And the guys, you know, with where he could, the guys who he can live out his, um, these young and guys he can live out his, you know, his true self with. And so he felt like he needed to kind of make it okay, which by the way, I'm not saying it, it isn't, I I agree with the way you came, came out of it feeling like, well, wait a minute now there is, there's definitely a brainwashing. I, I wonder what his motives were. I guess that's all I'm saying. But I think regardless of whatever his motives were and regardless of how you came came out of the brainwashing and found your true self, at the end of the day, I think that is what matters the most. And I think that you being able to know yourself, find yourself and accept yourself for who you are and what you are and not let anyone else's idea or repressed thinking or um, rules and regulations uh, confine you, I think is a beautiful thing. And I, and I'm just, and that's why, you know, I, I, we talked about this ahead of time that the sex was really like the, tro- mm-hmm. the Trojan horse. I mean, the, 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 this was the, this is the true message. And I just, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, and, and I love that. And I, and I hope you didn't, I hope you didn't take anything negatively from my questioning, questioning of his motives no. um, at all. No, it, I, I, <clears throat> I don't, I, I actually, you know, you said that and it made me remember that <clears throat> like there was a lot of theater in theatrical performing in our performances in, or excuse me, in, in Bible college from the professors. But like when you get them in a, in a room and they're just people these are, in my experience, these are people that are extremely fatigued and they're, and I, I don't mean this in a sympathy way. What I mean is they don't, <clears throat> they don't seem to actually um, have the, the value in the things that they preach on Sundays throughout the rest of the week. Like it, they seem to have the burden of it. Like, like they don't, they don't seem to enjoy their lives <laughs> or at least they didn't in my opinion like they they they, it it felt obviously i didn't have the words back then to 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 talk about it that way but like when i would have private discussions with them um it felt very um it felt very different they 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 didn't actually seem like nice people they they seemed like jaded people like like um yeah and then and then um when he when that professor said what he said it really kind of validated like that's true to me at least because he that it was like um like he just basically admitted that he doesn't even believe in the things that that he preaches like and right. it's it's a business and so 
Right. And I hundred and I hundred percent believe I hundred percent believe he he meant that. I and I and I think and I'm sorry, I'm I don't mean to and I'm yeah. I'm I just don't want to forget this thought in my mind that I think that, mm-hmm. you know, for him, he could be one I mean, he could be I just think overall he's incredibly manipulative. Obviously, he admitted he has mm-hmm. he he had to be, but I think you know there is something to be said. And and you're right, it doesn't like it doesn't provide sympathy to to him. It's just the fact that in your experience, he was whether this is a refuge where he can just kind of really say what he really means or what he really you know this is a place. I mean, he's <clears throat> he's he's um you know he's he can be he can be manipulating. Or he can be really just revealing something about himself, a truth about himself, or he could be doing yeah. both. You know, he can be doing, you know, whatever the case may be, I think is very interesting that he can actually be revealing a truth. And I think that what you said, ah, man, that, that that's going to be very powerful for a lot of people. And they probably have felt the same thing when they're in talks with some of these people where they they're so theatrical and so and feel like they are are so enthusiastic and and just love what they're preaching. And then when you get them one-on-one, you know, behind the veil or behind the, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it behind the curtain, um, you know, it's a different story. They're, they're exhausted. Yeah. And, you know, to, to wrap up that, uh, my, my time at Bible college, um, this was such a long time ago that I, I, I don't necessarily remember all the specifics, but there was, by the end of it, myself and Bible College uh, parted ways with equal disdain for each other. I, towards the end, I, I was um, confronted about homosexual behavior. Uh, I guess people were getting reports, but that, that I was endeavoring. Um, yeah, I wanted it, to talk it, about that. Go it, ahead. It makes no sense. It still doesn't make any sense. And I, I'm actually very happy <laughs> to, to have been um, like, there was never an official kicking me out. It was more of like a equal, like both of us, like, like after I got called into the Dean's office and was like, sort of like grilled for like my behavior. Um, uh, it, it, that was the end I had. I actually think that they were kind of using rumors uh, to sort of sort of make me feel unwelcome um, because as so the story that I told you was kind of the first of a few, like it opened my eyes to things and then I had a whole lot more questions and throughout my, my, the course of being in, in, in this college, a lot of my questions started becoming more simple and simple because I just didn't believe the answers anymore. Mm. And like, and so, um, there was this one situation and I, I still to this day cannot understand why, uh, this was such a hot topic of like, of, uh, anger, but there was this situation there. We, I was in old Testament history and I was, we were talking about Moses and, there was something about um, Moses coming off of the mountain with the uh, commandments. And um, it reminded me of something in the new Testament with Jesus during what like Catholics see as the transfiguration. And I asked the professor, like, 
what if like God did like a time warp thing where, uh, and, and my rationale was like, Moses would like, uh, Moses was apparently in the transfiguration with Jesus, um, in the new Testament, but he was actually not allowed to be there because that was the promised land. And Jesus hadn't, the Messiah hadn't died for like, hadn't come and risen again yet. So Moses would have still been bound by the old law. And I like, I had this whole like crazy argument that, that like some people are like, Whoa, mind blown. But like most people were like, that's science fiction. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that was like the last straw for like Mike's asking questions again. And, uh, and so like after, like after that like because my professor at that point it wasn't the same professor by the way but my professor at that point was just like like really tired of me just asking these questions and i like i was just questioning everything at this point and so um when they called me into the dean's office which by the way the professor that was part of our circle jerks during midnight Bible study was in there with the Dean asking me if these rumors are true, acting like they're like, like they're like he, he wasn't jerking off, jerking me off. Wow. It was, uh, yeah. Um, and so, uh, I don't know the specifics of what happened to him later on but i don't really need to know the specifics because somebody got somebody outed him for the the piece of shit that he is because he is uh uh no longer doing what he's doing he's not allowed um he spent some time in jail he's in i don't know if he's in jail now but um uh so so yeah there's that his situation has been handled um he does, he's no longer in any positions of power to, to do this. And everybody knows who, who and what he is now. So like, I, I'm not, um, I'm not compelled to, uh, like he, like he's being punished. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, but, but yeah. And let me just, um, just cause I got to wrap it up now. Um, is I, I do want to say though, I, and when you said that though, about him saying, are these rumors true? I want, I was like, so waiting for you to say, well, you tell me. I mean, where? I mean, I, you were there. dude, dude. I was nineteen. <laughs> no, I was 19. I know, I know, like, I know. I, like, I, know. I, I, of, of course. Like, I mean, any, like, of. I really wish that I could talk about time travel. Yeah, I really wish that I could go back there because I'd be like, "Well, bitch, yeah, listen to this." Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, well, and and maybe that's why I am kind of the way I am now where I, yeah. because uh, that might be a situation that is in the back of my head where I didn't stand up right, when right. I should have. I, I just love, you know, if you could just look, if are these true? And then you just give a look, but you know, you know, for all we know, they could have already known about him anyway. But, um, but um, I, did you, one last that question. That is very true. One last question. Did you feel betrayed? Like how, with all these guys, you know, you know what? It. Mm-hmm. Let me stop because yeah. I was going to say, if you, did you feel betrayed by all these guys that you were already with? For all we know, it could have just been that one professor who spilled the beans because everybody was getting tired and wanted you out. So you know. Oh well. So I mean, I I actually I I, I yes I did, but like for a different reason. Like uh, so the way culture works in these settings is that 
Um, uh, yeah, I did feel betrayed, like, because aside from, like, being everybody, like, aside from all of us being each other's fuck buddies for, for the amount of time that we were in those dorms, um, and, and we held each other's secrets that way, like, it, it was kind of, I think I was getting a lot of flack just because I, uh, not just for the gay stuff, but just because I was questioning a lot, like, like that, that one class did something to me. It woke me up and, and people really didn't like being, being woken up. And, and so like, I was like, I guess being 19 and maybe not respecting people's emotional boundaries or thinking that they were able to handle the conversations that I wanted to have about that class. Like, um, I think I probably burned a bunch of bridges because people just wanted to forget that that happened and that, that their hero, that their hero pastor said those things. Gotcha. Um, And so, so by the time, by the time I left that Bible college, uh, like I, I, I had lost all my friends. My roommate was like, my roommate was nice, but he, he ultimately landed with like, yeah, you don't really belong here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They wanted to stay in yeah. the Matrix. Boom. Yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing all of this. I mean, it was fun. It was sexy. It was irreverent. It was, but it was reverent in other ways. And and I love this story. And um, listeners, you know, in no way, shape or form uh, is this, you know, if, some, if any of you are uh, men of faith, um, this is not meant to, uh, you know, dispel or, or to, um, uh, what would be the word? It's not meant to kill your faith. It's meant to kind of wake people up to, uh, what it's like to be indoctrinated in, into, uh, um, a system, uh, a system that can be, that can oppress and repress you and how religion can be used to uh, brainwash people and, and take things from yeah. them and put them in a place where they, uh, they're ultimately unhappy. And so, um, so yeah, Mike, yeah, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm of, I'm of the, like, I'm of the opinion and practice that you can believe whatever you want to believe. However, like I, I don't, I don't play around with homophobia. So if there's any religion related homo- homophobia, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any uh, need to be reverent right. to that aspect of, of a person's faith. I, I don't. So, right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Way to, way to, you, you said that perfectly. So um, yeah, man, thanks. And uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it. And yeah, I know you got other stories too, and we may have you back, but thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you found that stimulating and liberating. If you want to hear more episodes like this, then follow the podcast.